Welcome in, everybody, to the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2, and I'm your host, Chad Schecksnyder. And this week, we're going to bring you a special guest to talk about his life in the business as a trainer and also go in-depth with his stable here at the Fairgrounds as we welcome in a New Orleans original, Dallas Stewart. Dallas, welcome. Thanks for having me, Chad. I imagine you guys are pretty busy these days, and I'm sure it's good to be back in, at, back here at home with things a little back, back to normal, huh? One of my favorite places to be, right here at the Fairgrounds. This is where I started. And uh, we've had a lot of success here. We've got a lot of nice horses this year. So we're looking forward to kicking it off here pretty soon. Before we get started on everything, I know um, down here it's been a rough couple of months. Uh, losing guys like Eddie Johnston and, and now recently Gary Palmisano. Just kind of your thoughts on And even the Miguel Mena, I mean, a guy who rode for you, uh, passed away recently. It's been a tough couple of months in that regard. And um, I know you, you, you were friends with those guys. Yeah, actually, you know, it rocked our world pretty good. These guys are great guys. And part of our business you know like family we all compete against each other but we're all like family to each other and help each other out so it's uh yeah it's been a little tough that way i know you got a barn back here barn 4a your usual barn here at the fairgrounds and uh it didn't it didn't get too much damage from ida like a couple of these other barns did and um i know you got 36 here at the fairgrounds do you, do you have any at oaklawn too or turfway yeah, or uh, oaklawn a small string like eight okay because we got eight at Oakland, and I know having a public stable, you attract a, a wide variety of owners. You got the Louisiana bred guys like Valine Farms, and national syndicates like West Point, and the private guys like like Fipke, and you also had some horses for Gail Benson and GMB. How is that kind of business um, from the ownership side kind of transition in, in your world, going from those guys like the farm guys like Valine Farms to to owners, you know, in the private sector? Well, actually, I'm very fortunate. These guys are all terrific. Uh, they've supported me for a long time. And uh, they're fun to, to train for. They try to, you know, win big races. They know they know what we're striving for. Whether, like you said, Valine Farm, they've we've had two-year-old champions for them in Louisiana, and they've competed on in the Breeders' Cup races, won graded stakes at Saratoga, and uh, like Fipke, and these guys are all just terrific to train for. Everybody that we work for, West Point Thoroughbreds. I don't want to leave people out, but right. it's just a wonderful group of people we train for. And we have a wonderful group of people working for us to, to try to get to, get the job done. Two of my favorite horses from your stable over the years, Tom's Ready and Forever Unbridled. Um, Tom's Ready, just talk about real quick, what, what a tough horse that went through the ranks here at the fairgrounds, raced 21 times, um, just a, a, a joy to watch. And he never seemed to get the respect, hmm. especially on the toe board, but he never really seemed to get the respect that I think he earned as a grade two winner. Yeah, he was a neat horse. You know, we got lucky to buy him. He went to the Saratoga sale and didn't get purchased. And I kind of re-looked at my notes. And it was actually the first yearling that Mr. Benson had bought. And I called him. I said, hey, I found one. I think we can get him right. And I think we bought him for like 130 They were trying to get 200 for him. And, uh, man, it just kicked off. Like, he, uh, he ran second in the Louisiana Derby. I think he was second in the LeCompte. Won the uh, street since, I believe he did. But he won the... Uh, Alan Jerkins, not Alan Jerkins, he won the uh, Woody Stevens at uh, Belmont. That was a terrific race, came from last. Yep. And uh, he was just a wonderful horse to train, just and you know for wonderful people. No doubt. It, he, as he got, you know, toward that end of his four-year-old season there, and he loved Belmont. He seemed like New York a whole lot for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a bunch of different guys on him, but, you know, he ran the Met Mile and the Cigar Mile and just a horse that was <laughs> – just an honest horse, man. Yeah, he made a straight-up million, and, uh, you know, we tried to uh, make him a stallion. It, it, it didn't work for too long. I think he uh, was infertile after a while, but he's got a great home at Old Friends, 
and he's living out a wonderful life. Forever unbridled. That This was a horse, you know, you know the whole family backwards and forwards, and you've had a bunch of them. I think she was my favorite, and I don't know if it was just the way Rosario rode her, but she got really good there at the end, um, running in the floor de lee and the personal yeah. ensign that she actually rebounded from the year before she lost it. She comes back to win it back there in 2017. What do you remember about Forever Unbridled? Well, she was a horse as well traveled. I think she won over eight different racetracks. Um, you know, she just won everywhere that she she basically raced, other than maybe Dubai or something. So, um, you know, she was just kind of a one of a kind, a good feeling filly with a great pedigree. And, um, you know, the one year that uh, she won the Breeders' Cup, I only ran her three times that year, but she won all three because she was coming <laughs> off an ankle chip. Mm -hmm. And uh, she won the Fleur de Lis, she won the Personal Ensign, and then the Breeders' Cup. So. She shows she was a champion. Has her babies come come to fruition? Have you seen any of those? Yeah, the there's the yet? one that's a two-year-old now. He hadn't made it to the races yet, but they're starting to come through. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, your record, um, you're starting to get close to that magic number of 1,000 uh, career wins. You got really? 58 million in horses there, and I think you're at, I want to say you're in the 920s, 920s, 925, something around there. Um, but as a handicapper, I wanted to ask you about win percentage for a trainer real quick. As a handicapper and better myself, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the trainer's win percentage when it's between 10 and 20%. And maybe if a guy's five for a hundred or for the year, I may downgrade those horses, but I don't like all the noise about, well, this guy doesn't win at 20%, so he's not a good trainer. I like guys who run their horses and if they're doing good, you run them, right? That's the way we do it. The people love to see their horses run. So, you know, we're trying to win every time we run. We've been, uh. We've been good with our two-year-olds this year. I think we won with like 13 or 14 two-year-olds, eight, eight, like eight first-time starters. So that's pretty good for a 40-horse stable. No you know, doubt. Your percentage gets better with the more you run and the more numbers you have, you know. So mm -hmm. you got to take in, into consideration everything. We're kind of in the middle now of this um, no Lasix crusade where stakes races in Kentucky and elsewhere have said horses cannot race on the anti-bleeder medication and also no two-year-olds in a variety of jurisdictions have gone this way as well. In your experience, I mean, you've you know, been in this business 30 plus years. Are we missing the point when it comes to Lasix or is this one of those things where change is constant and you just gotta roll with the punches being thrown at you? I mean, look, as far as Lasix, you know, they asked me about it. I said, I, they've all, we've always had Lasix as long as I've been in the game. So, um, you know, it, it, and they've taken it away in some races, but it really hadn't, the bleeding hadn't been, hasn't been as bad as some people would, would thought. So, given said that, you know, it looks like it's moving the right way, that Lasix will be a thing of the past one day. So, we'll just have to accept it, and if a horse does bleed, we'll just have to give him some time and manage it um, with the best we can. And, uh, you know, the horses first. We're always doing right by the horse. Most horse trainers love horses, and, you know, they love racing, but most horse trainers love horses and want to see the best for the horse. I want to see them compete well, but also want to take care of their health. When it comes to a two-year-old or first-time starter, can you, I know you may want to hold one back to when you can, maybe you could run him three-year-old when he's on laces, but can you tell in the morning if a horse is a bleeder or not, or is that something they just, you got to run them and, and figure it out? No, sometimes they'll bleed in the mornings, you know, so sometimes we work them on Lasix um, just to prevent that and kind of feel where we're at with that. And uh, like I said, we're just trying to take care of the health of the horse. And, uh, you know, after a horse gets Lasix, then they, they drink water and it just replenishes the water that they've, that they've urinated out. Um, I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know the whole scientific fact of it, but it doesn't hurt them, you know, to have Lasix uh, that I can see. And uh, like I said, the bleeding hasn't been as bad without the Lasix, so we just got to find a happy medium and continue on and do the right thing. You sent out five horses on Halloween. 
take me back to that day at Churchill Downs, <clears throat> opening day of the fall meet. Five horses go out, three of them win, all made in special weight winners. Um, ben Diesel, B-Sud, Spartan Army. How special of a day is that when everything is just hitting on all cylinders? You know, listen, that's a great meet, November meet that we, we focus on. You know, we have September, and then you, you're basically getting ready in October for that November meet at Churchill. The purses were great. It's a great kind of championship meet to kick it off for the two-year-old stars. So it was a terrific day. They ran good, uh, came back good. It was, it, was, it was great competition, and we had a good day. So there you go. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the horses down here in New Orleans for Dallas Stewart in the barn. Go through a barn report, and uh, he'll give us an update on some horses we hope to see here, maybe at Oakland Park, but definitely here. And then we'll, um, we'll go into this Champions Day as well coming up this weekend. Coming right back here with Dallas Stewart. History and horse racing mean something, and the folks at Louisiana Craft Butchers can certainly tell you about horse racing in New Orleans. Another historic element in New Orleans is the food culture, and at Louisiana Craft Butchers, they specialize in delivering the perfect meats for all your needs, whether it is a tailgate extravaganza, watching football at home with friends, or holiday feasts. Louisiana Craft Butchers offers it all, from boudin, hogshead cheese, and tamales, to selling over 20 different sausages, including the New Orleans favorite Palmisano homemade Italian sausage, which is a family recipe of Angelo Palmisano Sr. and his wife dating back to the 1940s. Don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Louisiana Craft Butchers out in Kenner. Check them out at lacraftbutchers.com or give them a call, 504-466-9788. That's 504-466-9788 or online at lacraftbutchers.com. Back here at the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Chad Shaxon are alongside New Orleanian trainer Dallas Stewart. And Dallas, uh, let's uh, kick it through the barn here real quick. Um, let's start with the Louisiana bread you got to run in on Saturday for Valine Farms, undefeated, unified report. Um, good looking son here, and um, you got to be happy with his progress. And I, I imagine that um, you're looking forward to running him on Champions Day. Yes, very much so. He's a nice colt, like you said. And, um, you know, what can I say? He broke his maiden at Churchill in one of those auction races. But still, it's a race at Churchill that he competed in and won. And then uh, won a little stake down at Delta. Trained really well here, so we're looking forward to it. Who uh, Who's riding him here? Brian. Okay, so you got Brian. So it'll be his third different jockey, but he seems like uh, his unified call. He seems like uh, pretty easy to ride. Yes. Okay. Yes. So unified report. Look for him on Saturday. Another um, two-year-old here about to turn three is Hoist the Gold. Tell us a, a little bit about this horse. He's a horse that... Uh, Competed well at Saratoga and broke his maiden at Churchill. Uh, had a little bump in the road uh, in one race and then came back and ran a credible race. I believe he was fourth last time, but uh, it was a really tough race. So he's just kind of settling in. We'll just maybe race him in February, give him a little bit of a break. Yeah, you brought him to Saratoga and you ran into Jack Christopher in that, yeah. that second time out. And Jack Christopher was going to be the favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile before they scratched him either the day of or the day before. And then Gaffleon came in, broke his maiden. Um, that, that was a rough race. He had to learn a lot of that race because he, yeah. he got bumped and he, it was a DQ where he got put up. But I remember that race and, and it was certainly it was certainly a bump there. And um, he fought on gamely even after that. 
Correct. I think they went nine and change, but he's a game little horse. He's by mine shaft, so we're just hoping that he'll develop as we go. Looking for uh, looking ahead. Well, here's one for Valine Farm. I think that just got back on the work tab at the fairgrounds. Big Scully. Big Scully. Can we expect to see him at the fairgrounds here pretty soon? Yeah, we're looking at the uh, futurity for him. He's a kind of a light horse. We gave him a little break after Saratoga, so we're looking at the uh, the uh, Louisiana futurity for him. Now here's one Sequis, a two-year-old filly that you brought over to Del Mar for the for the Breeders' Cup. Um, I saw the article you had in the Blood Horse saying you can't make money training horses, so you got a little piece of this one, and um, she's very uh, she's very interesting. Obviously, she has a lot of talent. Um, where are we going to see her at? She's going to participate in the stakes over here for uh, for fillies. Yes, uh, you know I don't know if it'll be in a non-two and then the stakes later, but she's back and she's galloping. She looks good, so we're, we're we feel good about her. We're confident that. Uh, you know, she can get some, some, make some noise here. Calvary Charge is a horse in your barn that I followed pretty closely. And I, I, I seem to, I, I did, I did hit on this horse a couple of times. It's another one that I think doesn't get a whole lot of um, respect when it goes to the windows. And I actually wanted this horse and I kept saying, well, this horse, you can bet this horse and runs on the turf, bet this horse and runs on the turf. Hmm. And when this horse got on the turf, man, um, the numbers really started to increase. Um, how has this horse developed? He's a, a four-year-old gelding, but he seems like he's doing well. And um, I know he has a couple of published work at Churchill. Is he taking the winner off, or do you have him here? No, he actually worked here. You might have just missed it okay. uh, on that thing. But he had a good half yesterday, day before yesterday. And uh, like you said, he was here at two years old, two and, and three. And he was just working great, and I would run him. He wouldn't run good. So finally, we put him on the turf, and he's just been phenomenal. He's so, won, yeah. He's won three of his last four with Brian up, and right. he's won everywhere, right? I mean, he's won. Yeah. He won at Churchill, Keeneland, yeah. Kentucky Downs, which yeah. you gotta love when they love Kentucky Downs, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, he's got a good future. <laughs> well, Calvary Charge, look for him. It, it, he's been bouncing around Allowance Company. Is he stakes quality? You give him a shot at his stakes? Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I think it's the Dilberto that coming up, so we might yep. give him a shot now. Good deal. Lansdowne is one that I know um, had a little bit of buzz first time out in Churchill in May and seemed like he was a early two-year-old precocious uh, precocious type. Things hasn't gone as smoothly for him lately. Where are we at with Lansdowne? Yeah, he came up with a little problem. He had a, a knee chip, uh, so he's still on the farm. Okay, okay. Shadow Matter. How about Shadow Matter? This is a horse I, I bet on I bet on as well. I, li I like this horse too, and this horse seems to be getting good right now. Yeah, he's a, a nice uh, three-year-old turning four, ran nine flat uh, at Churchill. We actually ran him the last day, and uh, kind of Gaffleon wasn't happy with his ride. He uh, put him on the lead, and, you know, he's just not that type of horse. He's better coming from back. So it was a bump in the road. Uh, he's here. We're freshening him up a little bit and, then, you know, look for some races at the toward the end of the meet. Is Classy John still in the barn? Well, actually, we, he was here, but we retired him. Um, Sent him back to the farm. Um, just some issues with him, and we're trying to give him a little more time off. When I say he's retired, he's semi-retired. <laughs> right, so right. he's a champion along with his sister, big time. Yep. You know, the whole family's terrific. So Do Louisiana birds ever really retire? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, he's like I said, semi-retired. I hear you. I'm gonna, uh, I had to bring this horse up for a couple of my buddies, Jesuit. And uh, I'm a Holy Cross guy. Well, he was claimed. Oh, he was claimed. He so he's was, not in your barn no more. No, he was claimed. Okay. Not in our barn. He's at uh, uh, Jimmy Baker's barn. Oh, so we have to worry about him now. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, that's nice. But um, yeah, that was a horse I thought I found funny that you got one in your barn named Jesuit, being an Abramson guy yourself and Holy Cross guy. I'm yeah, like, that was name Elliot, him whatever you want, right? Elliot Walden. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, the uh, crew up at Windstar. Nice little filly. Um, 
two-year-old filly by Klimt that you got was really a nice second on a sloppy a track. A colt. Art yeah. Heist, right? Art Heist? He's a colt, yeah. He's okay. nice. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, he, 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 I went back and watched that race the other day just to get a feel for what we were looking at. And, man, that, that, that field might come out to be all right, too. So I think he was second in a nice field. Yeah, I think, you know, he kind of had a he had a great trip. But Asmussen had a horse snuck through on the rail on us and uh, nailed us. That didn't nail us. He, he flat out run us. But um, it was just one of those things. But I think the horse is really going to be all right. He's a good-looking colt. Will Secret, what's she up to now? Um, she got a little bit of a break. So okay. she had a you know a great great year, third in the uh, Oaks. So we gave her a little time off. She got some time off. Yeah, Will Secret just I mean she was her three year old season eleven eleven starts three wins earned over half a million dollars and um, I, I, I liked her. I know you had her at Oakland on last year for the most part, yep. but really thought she was a, she was a tough tough filly. Um, so I look forward to getting her back. You getting her back for a four year old season next Absolutely. year? Absolutely good. Yeah. Good. What about Chess Chief? Chess Chief won the New Orleans Classic last year. Um, he was, that's his only win, actually, to date was last year. But then he went toe to toe with Maxfield. I mean, running against the Monsters in his handicap division. Um, what's Chess Chief like as a horse overall? And, and, and I know he likes to track here to fairgrounds. Yeah. What are we going to see from him? Yeah, listen, he's a big, tough horse. You know, he's by Into Mischief. He's a grade two winner. Was trying to win a grade one with him, just couldn't get it done. He did compete, you know, respectively. But uh, we're going to uh, hopefully match up good in the Tenacious coming up right after Christmas. Okay, great. Good. So we'll see him in the Tenacious. Um, give us a little, and we, we mentioned Ben Diesel, but um, Ben Diesel's another colt here that you, you could have some fun with. You know, he obviously likes Churchill Downs. You ran him back Thanksgiving um, weekend in the Kentucky Jockey Club. Yeah. Had a wide post that day. Right. Um, you know, he's, he stalked the pace. He kind of made his bid in between and just kind of just weakened. But his number... I mean, if you go by figures, depending on what you look at, he actually got a better number um, in that race running fourth than what he did breaking his maiden. So you, there's some improvement there. What do we what do we see out of Ben Diesel? Well, he's a colt that, uh, that like you said, he broke his maiden good. And uh, the, the family that owns him is the Hortons. So they like Arkansas. So he's up at uh, Arkansas. They like their horses there, like Will Secret and um, Long Range Toddy, those type of horses. So he's there probably running the Smarty Jones. Might come back down. Might come down here for the Louisiana Derby. Just don't know yet, but he's a really nice colt, homebred. You've had yeah, the will take charges right for the Hortons. You've had a few of those now. They seem Two. like they, they seem like tough horses, right? I mean, those, I mean, it's just the way they're built or whatnot. But they seem like pretty tough, pretty tough horses that Offspring has. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty neat. Mister Horton raced uh, a will take charge. I actually picked him out for him when he was a girl and didn't get the training. One thing led to the next. Wayne Lucas training did a great job with him, and. Uh, but, hey, I got a couple of his babies. They're doing well, and so I'm happy. So let's have a little fun here. Um, because I asked a couple of years ago, I had Asmussen on and Poche and went over a couple of things. But do you like to bet a little bit? No. You don't bet at all? Not at all. Okay. Do you have um, Do you have any, any stories of getting in a cow or anything like that? Any, any gambling stories on the Dallas Stewart horses? Do you know of guys that maybe scored out on one of your horses in a pick six? Oh, no. The biggest one would be uh, Lemons Forever. You know, I have guys up with ladies. One lady came up to me last year and gave me a big old hug. She says, I made 21000 on you. She says, you see that guy right there? Put him through high school. I mean, you wow. have all these stories because she paid like $97. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just over and over. The 2006 mm, Lemons K- Forever. Kentucky Oaks, Lemons Forever. Yep. Um, Nosed out Ermine. I remember Ermine being in there for Ronnie, Ronnie Warner. Warner yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Warner's horse. But that was a – man, that was one where – 
is Mark Gidry. Mark right? Gidry, yeah. Who's wrote, now a steward here. Yep. Rode the hair <laughs> off of her. Unbelievable. Come fly. I think it confused the announcer at the time, too. Like, uh, uh, and this is Lemons Forever. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. But yeah, that, that race seems like it's talked about in, in, in horse racing lore wherever you go. I imagine that yeah. follows you. Yep. Um, let's get to the family a little bit. Two sons, Wesley and Cole. We touched on them a little earlier, and obviously your wife, wife Yvette. But how old, um, how old are Wesley and Cole now? And we talk about them having a racing bug. But I know as a teenager, um, they're past their teenager years. But you know, people like to say you came up under under Lucas and all that. But you were actually an exercise rider down here for Connie to Tissero, right? I mean, yeah, he, Connie he was my influence. Connie was my man. I started with him when I was probably, I don't know, eighteen, seventeen, and worked for him till I was uh, twenty four, twenty five. And we were right in that barn, barn four. And, uh, man, he was a great teacher. He was meticulous about horses' legs and the things that need to be done that, you know, I still do a lot of it that I learned from him. So he uh, he was a great teacher. And then, I, like you said, I went to work for Lucas at 26. And, um, yeah, we have two boys. We have Cole, who is 21, and we have Wesley, who is 30. And uh, they enjoy racing, but it's just not something that they want to do on a full-time. Now, so, Wesley, um, I imagine – when uh, my parents, it's interesting because they uh, they told me I have a sister, and I always used to joke that you know, she was the most favorite child. And it's amazing. Once I had a kid, I became her favorite child because <laughs> I, made, I made her a grandparent. So now <laughs> I'm the favorite yeah. child. I imagine uh, Wesley might be in that boat for you now, huh? Yeah, we're blessed. Uh, actually, him and his wife they're in the hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, having a, a little boy. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. So hopefully you get up there soon to, yes. to see him first yes. grandchild yes. for Dallas Stewart. Man, yes. it's amazing how things just, life goes on, huh? Life keeps ticking, brother. Yep, no doubt about it. Cole's, uh, you said in Louisville going to school, he had a little church. Y'all know he's in the barn with you. That had right. to be fun having having a son in the barn, too. Yeah, absolutely. you know, it really was. He just came up to me and said he learned, to, he wants to walk horses, learn to ride. This was like a year or so ago, over a year. And he had never really been experienced with horses, but he sucked it up and he did it and he learned how to ride. And he worked for me for a year, showed up there on time, never complained, did everything everybody else does. And um, very respectful. And I'm happy that he helped me out and it was fun. But he's got to find out what he wants to do like anybody else. Well, Dallas, we're happy that um, you took the time to come on the Fairgrounds podcast here with me. Best of luck at this meet. Best of luck up at Oakland. Especially best of luck with that grandbaby. Uh, they they change your life. So, there you um, <laughs> well, that'll wrap things up here. To, uh, here, at the front side of the fairgrounds, we're taping this. My thanks to trainer Dallas Stewart. Check back later this week as Mike Deliberto and I preview Louisiana Champions Day this Saturday at the fairgrounds. And you can follow Dallas on Twitter at Dallas Stewart three, and uh, my handle is Shex Nola. For all the latest action on fairgrounds, also check out fgno.com. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>